Lord, we confess today we've been bought at a price. We are no longer our own, we are yours. Father, we pray that you would take our will, that you would mold it, you would fashion it, you would shape it into what you would have it be. A will that is obedient to your word. A will that's attentive and obedient to your spirit. A will that is surrendered from everything that the flesh would desire. A will driven by the spirit within. Father, we, we pray that you would make that so. Lord, it's easy for us to pray that today. Lord, I confess that even, and I stand in this moment, my heart's greatest desire is to be surrendered to you. And yet I know before this day is over that I'll take my will back up. I know that I'll be confronted with who's going to sit on the throne of my heart. Lord, help me in that moment to walk in this desire, in this obedience. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, we're beginning a brand new series. You think the last series was long? <laughs> and hold on. Candle to this one. We're going to walk most of this year through the one another's of the New Testament. Uh, we're, we're, there are there's several themes that are listed in this set of one another's, but they recur over and over again. And, and so we're going to walk through these one another's. Now, I'm primarily probably this year going to be using the ERV is the scripture I'm going to be reading from. And so a lot of times it'll come across as each other, not one another. But we're calling it the one another series because I grew up in the King James and that's just kind of the way some of these verses stick. In fact, I'm having to relearn some things um, as I'm re-memorizing. But I, I do that um, really intentionally because I don't know if you've noticed it or not, if you've ever tried going to a different translation, but I'm so comfortable sometimes I can quote something out of the, the King James just off the top of my head, but I'm not thinking about it. I'm just, you know, it's there. It's memory. It's fast. It's like doing your multiplication tables. We all grew up on it. You know, two times two is four. That kind of thing. But, yeah, it's four. <laughs> um, but, but we don't, you know, we don't really think about what that word means. We just... Learning that A, B, C, D, E, F. You know, I'm not really thinking about where it sits. And so sometimes in the scriptures when I'm doing that, I'm, I'm quoting the verse and I know what it says in general, but I'm not thinking about it. I'm not meditating on it. So when I have to memorize it in a different translation, it forces me to think about the context of that verse and what it means and what God's trying to say to me. Um, because... What I learned back in fifth grade isn't necessarily, not that the verse isn't relevant, but the context wasn't relevant to me at 65. The context today 
is, is different. So as I'm memorizing these verses and I'm looking at it, God's speaking to me in my life. Um, so we're going to be walking through this. And it's interesting that we're starting this one another. Talking about something that doesn't sound like it fits with one another. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1 and verse number 10. Paul, talking to the Corinthian church, says, Brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, I beg all of you to agree with each other or one another. Automatically, we start with talking about division. You should not be divided into different groups. Be completely joined together, again, with the same kind of thinking and with the same purpose. I don't know about you, but I kind of noticed division is everywhere. It's all around us today, isn't it? I, I've never seen in my life, it seems like a time that's more divided. Now, I'm not going to tell you that it is more divided, because we, we quickly forget. For all of us that are old enough in the room to remember the 60s, and the late 60s, and the early 70s, we're a pretty divided country. And for all of us who quite frankly, let's just be honest, are old enough to remember some of the 50s and the early 60s. We may not have sounded divided, but if you talk about a divided country, we couldn't even put certain groups of people in the same building because of the color of our skin. And it, we've been divided, but it's in the moment that we feel this division because we see our country just tearing us one another. It, it, I, I, I told Mark and I were talking about this yesterday on the phone for just a minute. It's interesting to me, again, Mark and I marvel, and I, we shouldn't, but we do, we marvel sometimes at, at God's great plan and his graciousness to us as pastors. We didn't just come up with this series the other day. We've been thinking about one another's for half a year, probably June of last year, we began to talk about it, and we didn't come up with this passage last week. This passage was something that came out, it's been written down for months, knowing we were going to begin here. We actually, at one point, we were going to begin somewhere else, and God orchestrated some things around and began here. And then we walk into where we are in this moment in time, and God knew exactly what he was doing. This division that seems to be everywhere. What are we seeing it lead to? Conflict. Conflict. And sometimes division is necessary. Listen, don't, don't think that division in and of itself is, is a problem. Always. That's one of the fallacies that's being transmitted in the world around us. Is that we all have to be unified. We all have to be together. Well, you can't be together on everything. There's division sometimes that is necessary, and conflict is inevitable. Light and darkness cannot coexist, can they? I mean, as long as there's light, there's no darkness. There may be shades of darkness. It's a little darker on the platform than it is out there. But there's light. Darkness doesn't exist up here. Holiness and sin 
should never be partners. James 3.11 tells us, says, do good water and bad water flow from the same spring? Of course not. You, you can't have two things in the same. The Pharisees one time tried to accuse Jesus of casting out demons by the power of Satan. His response in Matthew 12, Jesus knew what the Pharisees were thinking, so he said to them, every kingdom that fights against itself will be destroyed, and every city or family that is divided against itself will not survive. So, if Satan forces out his own demons, then he is fighting against himself, and his kingdom will not survive. He said, you guys are crazy. You're not paying attention. If Satan is against himself, he can't stand. Some things can't go together. See, there is a division that's necessary. John chapter 8, verse 43 and 44 says, You don't understand. This is Jesus talking again. He said, You don't understand the things I say because you cannot accept my teaching." He said, the reason you don't understand the things I say, the reason you can't accept my teaching is your father is the devil. You belong to him. You want to do what he wants. He was a murderer from the beginning. He was always against the truth. There is no truth in him. He is like the lies he tells. Yes, the devil is a liar. He is the father of lies. Righteousness and wickedness should not go together. They cannot go together. I want you to remember that Jesus said to the Pharisees that every kingdom, every city, every family that is divided will be destroyed. He, he, Jesus never mentioned words. He was always clear about what he said. So therefore, if your family is divided, it won't stand. If your city is divided, it won't stand. If your heart is divided, it won't stand. The two can't go together. Even the ones built upon the principles of God, those who are in Christ Jesus, there should be no division. There cannot be division spiritually, and there should not be division practically. That's just the truth that Jesus said. Now, diversity is not division. Don't get me wrong, that doesn't mean we all walk lockstep. You have to do things all the way I do things. I have to do things all the way you do things. Division is not diversity. 1 Corinthians 12 makes that clear. It talks all about the, the, you know, the hand, the foot, the eye, the ear, the different parts of the body. The parts that aren't seen, the intestinal parts, have greater value than the, the pretty parts that we see on the outside. But we view those things differently because of the human nature we have. But he also makes something else very clear. 1 Corinthians 13, the chapter after this church, this chapter of, of diversity in the body, he, he says that, that abundantly it is clear, it is all surpassed by love. He said all this other stuff is second place 
to love. Love triumph, triumphs over division. It surpasses diversity. It is the key to the body of Christ. And it's clear that these believers that Paul's talking to in 1 Corinthians were in Christ. Sometimes in Scripture you hear the word believers or followers, and you read on and you find out maybe they weren't born again. They were believing in what he said, but they didn't follow him. They didn't follow through. They walked away. But it's clear that these guys are, are born again. Listen to what it says. Greetings from Paul. This is verse 1. Greetings from Paul. I was chosen to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. God chose me because of what he wanted. Greetings from Sothenes, our brother in Christ. To God's church in Corinth. That's the church. That's God's people. Who have been made holy because you belong to Christ Jesus. He's defining who God's church is. You who have been born again by the Spirit of God and made holy, made righteous. You can get rejoicing out of just a little bit. Just gather that up a little bit. You are holy today. You may not feel holy. You may not act holy. But if you've been born again, you are holy. I am holy. Separate, set apart, different. According to Scripture. You were chosen to be God's holy people. Together with all people everywhere who trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. That means us. We're included in this passage. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God for you because of the grace that has been given you through Christ Jesus. In Him you have been blessed in every way. You have been blessed in all your speaking and all your knowledge. This proves that what we told you about Christ is true. Now you have every gift from God while you wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to come again. We just sang about that. He will keep you strong until the day. So that on that day, when our Lord Jesus Christ comes, you will be freed from all blame. God is faithful. He is the one who has chosen you to share Life with His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, I mean, if that doesn't qualify as being believers, followers of Christ, holy in the Spirit. He says, brothers and sisters, by the authority given to me of our Lord Jesus Christ, I beg you, I plead with you. I beg you. I plead with you. with each other. You should not be divided into different groups. Be completely joined together again. Same kind of thinking. The same purpose. Paul says that based on this verse that we're to be, we're to be called to unity of thinking and called to unity of purpose in the body of Christ. What was their division based on? What, what was the problem that was going on in Corinth here at the time? Because I, I find this so interesting. We think all of the problems that we see in the church, all the problems we see in our Christian world that we live in today are all new problems. We're going to look at stuff that we see going on every week 
in churches locally around here. Every week or every year, we see these things probably in our own lives where we find ourselves doing this. Listen to what he says. He said, my brothers and sisters, some members of Chloe's family told me that there were arguments among you. Hey, William came and told me that Mark and Sam ain't getting along. Well, now, we wouldn't want to label that as gossip, but I, I don't know that that's what this is, but it certainly could be. But, but we got a situation where, where somebody from Chloe's family, who was a prominent person evidently in this church, came and said, some of y'all ain't getting along. We got some problems. Hey, Paul, help. We got some people arguing with each other in the church. We got some people not behaving right with one another. What was their problem? This is what I mean. One of you says, I follow Paul. And someone else says, oh, I follow Apollos. Another one says, well, I follow Peter. And somebody else says, well, y'all are all wrong. I just follow Christ. I'm so good. I'm so good. See, I, I like Pastor Mark's preaching. I like it when Brother Sam teaches. I like it when the pastor, Pastor Steve, comes up and does it. I wish all three of them would go away and we get somebody else. That, that, that's what's going on there. That's, that's, that's crazy. He said, he said, apparently, these people were divided by, by some personality preference that they had. Or some allegiance or friendship to a pastor or a leader. You ain't never heard of that problem before, have you? you you never seen a church split up over who's in charge and who gets to do what. If you haven't, you've never been in church long. In fact, the truth of the matter is anybody knows our history as a church long before I came. Our church was birthed out of that kind of a problem in another church. Because they couldn't get along. Paul said, that ought not be that way. There's a problem when that's your behavior. There's a problem. And evidently, there was another problem. Uh, and look in, in verses uh, 14 through 16. Well, he, he said, he, he summarizes in verse 13. He said, Christ cannot be divided into different groups. It wasn't Paul who died on the cross for you, was it? Were you baptized in Paul's name? I am thankful that I did not baptize any of you except Crispus and Gaius. I'm thankful because now no one can say that you were baptized in my name. I also baptized the family of Stephanus. But I don't remember that I myself baptized any others. Paul, Paul, Paul's dealing here with, evidently there was some biblical error being suggested in the church. Either real or imagined. Evidently Paul said that some of these people were, were accusing favoritism or accusing of doctrinal error. It'd be, it'd be like um, Brother Charles saying, you know, I heard that Pastor Mark was doing some baptizing the other day, and instead of baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, he was baptizing in the name of Mark. And I'm not so sure I want Zach baptizing in the name of Mark. Well, that's doctrinal error. Now, I'm not saying that was really what was happening, but Paul said that was the rumor that was going around. Paul wasn't there, and there was this 
stuff spread around. You had never been in a church where you heard rumors going around, have you? You ever been a part of a congregation that maybe some, some things were said about somebody that if it was true, it was really bad, but there wasn't any real evidence of it. It's just something said. I never been in a church like that, have you? And, and again, problems. Now listen, neither one of these reasons were a reason to be divided according to Paul. Paul clearly, verse 13, he said, Christ cannot be divided into different groups. What's your problem? They need to be addressed absolutely. The problems need to be dealt with 100%. Do, do things need to be corrected by scriptural teaching? Absolutely. But division in the body? Never. Not in the body. Fix the problem. Move forward. Together. So, how do we, one another, in Fresh Start Fellowship, how do we keep these divisions and other kinds of divisions from rearing their head within our body? Well, I think he gives us the answer here as we look at this. He says, be completely joined together again with the same kind of thinking and the same purpose. Be completely joined together again. Apparently, they weren't joined together at the moment. Apparently, they were sitting on different sides of the table. It's funny because, you know, because of the, the pandemic, we've got tables set up where we have to sit and wait for one another. And we're, we're separated by by feet because of the germs. But I've been in churches that people sat shoulder to shoulder and there might as well have been a six foot table between them. Because they may have been sitting shoulder to shoulder but they were not sitting together. I've been in relationships like that that are no fun at all. There's no, there's no way that we can think together. There's no way we can purpose together. He said, be completely joined together again. Implying that they weren't. We've got to get on the same page again if we're off the same page. I'm not saying we've got that problem. I'm saying this is how we protect against it. Get on the same page again. Philippians has a, a great passage here. Philippians chapter 2. Paul talking to the church at Philippi. Another church, another region. And listen to what he says. See if this sounds familiar. Greetings from Paul and Timothy, servants to Jesus Christ. To all of you in Philippi who are God's holy people in Christ Jesus, including your elders and special servants, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Talking to the same people, same type of people. I thank God every time, oh, excuse me, I should be in verse 2. Move to chapter, I mean, chapter 2, verse 1. Think about what, I, what we have in Christ. Think about what we have in Christ. Same group of people. The encouragement he has brought us the comfort of his love, our sharing in his spirit, the mercy and kindness he has shown us. 
If you enjoy these blessings, then do what will make my joy complete. Agree with each other. And show your love for each other. Be united in your goals and in the way you think. And whatever you do, don't let selfishness or pride be your guide. Be humble. Honor others more than yourselves. Don't be interested in only your own life, but care about the lives of others too. He said, love each other so much that you're not the most important thing to you. That's hard, isn't it? Amen. I mean, it's hard not to want to be the most important thing to me. I struggle with that. You know, and I, and I use this example often, but it, it, it's just such a telling truth. When we sit down at night and watch television, who grabs the remote? Me. I, I don't walk over and say, here, honey, let's watch what you, watch what you want to watch. I don't even ask. I just turn it on. Now, I try to do better at it, but my old self, that old rotten, sinful, stinking thing that's in there, the flesh, a lot of times I don't even think about it. Why? Well, it's habit, just the way things are. Well, yeah, but where is it? That's habit. It's the way things are. It's the flesh. I want what I want. I want it the way I want it. You do the same thing in some area or another of your life. It's just the way it is. If we walk in the flesh, then we're called to walk in the spirit, aren't we? We're called to be together, to not think about ourselves as much as we think about others. What's our memory verse say? I give you a new command. Love one another. Why? How? You must love one another. Just like I love you. Did you love Jesus before he loved you? Do you love Jesus all the time he loves you? Do you treat Jesus like you're responding to his love all the time? Well, don't expect others to do the same with you. Or me. But we've got to love each other the way Jesus loves. Right, we, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Somebody, somebody, I think Sam said it earlier. Um, in, in our old memory verse from last year. In, in Mark 12, 31. But Mark 12, 30. Love God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. And love your neighbor. So, I mean, that's, this, this is real life tying together for us. How do we do that? How do we become joined together again? If there's a, if in any chance, if in your heart today, there's some little separation, some little selfishness, some little I like me better than I like them. If there's some, if there's some divide that's creeping in to your life, some crack in the sidewalk, how do we get back together again? I love this. Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2, 
first five verses, almost talking about the same exact thing in the, in the, the revelation that was given to John, to the church at Ephesus. Write this to the angel of the church of Ephesus. Here's a message from the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know what you do, how hard you work and never give up. I know you don't accept evil people. You have tested those who say they are apostles but are not. You have found that they are liars. You never stop trying. You have endured troubles for my name and have not given up. You're an awesome group of people. But... I have this against you. You have left the love you had in the beginning. You left it. So, this is the key. What do we do if there's a crack? If you sense that little place, maybe in somebody in the body, maybe in somebody in the house, Maybe in your own family. Maybe in your love for the Lord. Wherever that crack is coming. Wherever that division is. So, remember where you were before you fell. Remember your lost estate. Remember the grace of God. Remember the blessing of redemption. Remember the fellowship of the saints. Remember where, where you were before you fell. Change your hearts and do what you did at first. The biblical word for that is repent. Change your heart. Turn around. Go the other way. Listen, the only way that's ever going to get changed in your life and in mine is if you and I are willing to come before God and say, God, you know what? I, I love James and the Lord, but James ticked me off the other day, and I'm mad with him now, and I just sense this little thing coming in there. God, forgive me for that. Who am I to be frustrated or mad because something said or done? This is my brother. Now, I got nothing against James. I just hadn't picked on James today. But, but God, forgive me. Change my heart, God. I don't, I don't want to think that way about James. Why am I doing that? God, that's just so selfish of me. So foolish of me. God, who am I? I got to love him. God, he was dead wrong. But I got to love him like you love him. I got to love him like you love me. Even when I'm dead wrong. Change your heart. Be completely joined together again. Again, come back together. How? In what way? Verse 10, back in our original passage in 1 Corinthians, says, be joined together again in the same kind of thinking. Let me tell you one of the biggest reasons why we stay divided. is because if Mark is thinking about hamburgers and I'm thinking about pizza, we'll still eat, but we're thinking about two different things. And, 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 and you know, Zach, he's thinking about broccoli. We're not even going to eat with Zach. You can't get on the same page with that. We've we got to be on the same page. Well, how's that possible? Because Sam and I don't always like the same thing. 
We're not always on the same page. We're at different places spiritually. We're at different places um, physically. We're, we're just different people. How do we stay on the same page? Sam can't think about Sam and Steve can't think about Steve. Our thinking has to be focused on Christ. Our thinking has to be focused in Him. If I'm thinking about me, I promise you I'm going to be ticked at one of y'all sooner or later. And if you're thinking about you, you're going to get ticked at me. There's going to be a division because we're not on the same page. It's not possible. How do we do that? Well, back in that Philippians passage that we were reading a few moments ago, in Philippians chapter 2, verse number 5 says, In your life together, in your life together, I mean, so he's talking to believers, in your life together, think the way Christ Jesus thought. We got to think like Jesus. Barbara has to think like Jesus for me and her to get along, for me to think like Jesus. Because if Barbara thinks like Barbara, we, we're different. She's a, no, she, she's a woman. I promise you, not a man in this room thinks like a woman. We try and we fail over and over again. Not a woman in this room thinks like a man. We, we can get good at little things, but we don't think the same. We have different interests, different ideas, different goals, different personalities. So how do we stay together? Think like Jesus. How was it, what is he implying? Not just, okay, i got to think spiritual all the time. No, he's giving a very practical thing. He said, think like Jesus. Think the way that Jesus did. He was like God in every way. He was God. But he did not think that his being equal with God was something to use for his own benefit. I'm God, but it's not about me in this moment. It's about you. Now, that, that blows all of us out of the water right there. If God can say it ain't about me, <laughs> I think we might want to learn that one. If God the one who spoke it all into existence. The one who, by his own pleasure, everything is held together. By his own design, it is what it is. If God can say, it ain't about me, it's about you. I think we might want to start learning. It ain't about us. It's about him, and he said we need to make it about each other. Because we've been bought. How do we know he did he did that? Because it said instead of thinking himself to be like God, he gave up everything. Even his place with God. And he accepted the role of a servant appearing in human form. There is no way in the world we can grasp what that means. <clears throat> there's, this, there's no comparison. But what if I just said, okay, here's from now on. You're going to be my dog servant. I'm just going to mark from now on, you're going to be my dog servant. Whatever I want, you're going to do. You're just going to, you're just going to humble yourself down to do whatever I tell you to do. Doesn't matter what it is. Because that's had to be. Step out from being God 
who is spirit, can't be contained? I'm going to pack all that into a form of a human being. And I'm going to muddle around down here for 30 years rubbing shoulders with sin. But I'm going to do that because it's not about me. It's about you. And we walk around with our chest thrown out. It's, hey, I'm the pastor. You're going to do it my way. You know who I am? Isn't that what we do? We've got to have the same kind of thinking. We have to begin to think that salvation is not something to be viewed as just for our own benefit. If God saved you just for your benefit, why didn't he take you out the moment he saved you? Because I promise you, you're not going to get any more sanctified in the spirit than you are in the moment. You are holy in your spirit. It's not going to get more holy. That doesn't work. That is non-existent. More holy is non-existent. There's just holy. Holy is perfect. Complete. Separate. So why? Why? What, what is it about sacrifice and humility that we need to learn? Why do we want to walk through that? Because we need to be in the same mind of purpose as well as thinking. God has purpose for you. God has purpose for you. You're not just taking up space, breathing air, you know, eating food, earning money. God has purpose for you and I. In the body, we have purpose. We're here together to encourage and strengthen and lift and challenge and rebuke and correct and love one another. We're here to share the gospel with those out there that don't know. Is that not exactly what Jesus did when he walked on the earth? Did he not expose the lost world to the gospel that they needed to know about? Did he not encourage those that were his? Correct, strengthen, rebuke, challenge. All those things. Did he not do those things? We have to be of the same purpose. What is that purpose? It, it's pretty simple. Be fully obedient to God. Then if you want to just wrap up your purpose, just be fully obedient to God. Is that not what Jesus was? Um, Jesus talked about it in several different places. In John chapter 5, in verse number 30. Jesus says this. I can do nothing alone. I judge only the way I'm told. And my judgment is right because I'm not trying to please myself. I, own, I want only to please the one who sent me. Like I said, there's several places I could have chosen, but I think that one kind of said, it ain't about me. I'm here just to do what God wants. I'm here to please him. Well, who sent you? Jesus Christ. 
Who do you do to please? So let me just ask a question. I want, I want to get your, your, your help on this. Take your Bibles out. Somebody help me with a verse. I want to give you some things that God commands for us. Okay? God's going to tell us how we're to live. Somebody read for me Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Get to it, just kind of raise your hand so I can see who's going to read it. I will make y'all read it, so. <laughs> who's got Matthew 28, 19 and 20? You got it? Okay, read it for me. Right, okay, King James fine. Don't ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Go ye. Go yo. Go y'all. Let's do something. Go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. That that's a command to us. Now I just got I confess to you today. I'm pretty lousy with that. Go and make disciples. I gotta win some laws and I gotta teach some folks. I haven't done a great job of that in my life. Have you? Do I want to be totally obedient to God? I gotta start working on making disciples. Go and make disciples. Uh, somebody read for me uh, 1 Thessalonians 5 17. <clears throat> Now these are commands from God. First Thessalonians 5 17. Okay, go ahead. Keep on with the prayer. Keep on praying. Some of them read pray continually. That, that wasn't a suggestion. Pray. Oh yeah, and pray. And pray some more. And don't stop. Keep on praying. Do I need to ask? Because the Holy Spirit already just went, Hope. Oh. <clears throat> Are you spending time praying? Could you pray more? If, if you could pray more, let's just back up one again. If you could go ye more. Maybe you and I need to go back and repent and change our heart that we might be obedient to the Father. How about uh, 2 Timothy 2.15? Study to show that several things. <laughs> Thank you, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> Study to show yourself approved unto God. Anybody here could have spent a little more time this week in the Word? I, I'm not trying to pick on you. I'm just, is the Holy Spirit doing this to you like He did to me? How about this one? Psalm 119, verse number 11 and verse 13. Psalm 119. Ah, what? Let the words of my heart. That's close. Pray out. 
It's close. You're right in that section. Psalm 119, verse number 11 and verse number 13. Jamie? hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you and I meditate on your precepts. What's this thing? Go make disciples. Pray. Study the word. Memorize the scripture. Now I don't know. But I think I've heard that recently. A lot. We're on the right page, church. But it doesn't matter what page the church is on if we're not together. If we're not doing it. Last one. John 13, 34. Anybody know what that one says? <laughs> Love one another. These are commandments from the one who loves you more than you can imagine. Will you change your heart? Will you go back? Change your heart to be obedient to Him. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the challenge of it. Thank you for the conviction that it brings. Thank you for the joy of knowing that you love me more than I can ever imagine. And even in my failure and my sinfulness, that your passion is for me, that my passion will be for these people, and that my passion will be for you. God, move in our hearts, move in our lives, move in our church. Lord, where there might be some crack of division that's, that's just beginning to form, would you, you cause us to go back to change our hearts, to seal up that crack? Lord, would you cause us to work with the same mind of thought, the same will of purpose, to love one another, and to love you with all of our heart. Lord, I pray these things in the name of Jesus.